This is the 200 Churches Podcast, episode 48. I walk away from your podcast going, wow, that was really cool. That was, I didn't know that. Or, hey, you know, there are other people just like me in the same boat. I'm not alone, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the cool part of it. But you're also giving me ideas and, and thoughts. And I'm hearing that Joe Schmo did this or, or you know, I got to go buy that guy's book because that might give me some more insight. So I rarely walk away from your podcast going, well, that's 45 minutes I can't get back in my life. This is the 200 Churches Podcast, created to encourage and inspire pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church and strive to provide information and encouragement to make you smile, think, and be challenged. The Laurel and Hardy of Ministry Podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today right here in the middle of December. My name is Jeff Cady, and I'm here with my friend, Johnny Craig, and we have a guest with us on the program today. The guest's name is Dave Jackson. Dave Jackson is the podcast coach at schoolofpodcasting.com. He's also a disciple, a believer, a Christian. He's a guy who serves in his local church, and he's a guy who's been involved in a small church for many, many years. And we're going to hear from him in just a minute. Johnny, what do you got going on this week? I tell you what, Jeff, this has got to be the weirdest time of year, maybe for all pastors, but specifically for me as a 200 church pastor. It's all the programs are kind of on the down slope because we're coming into the holidays. You got Christmas and New Year both landing on Wednesdays, which would be youth group nights typically. But God knows I'm not doing youth group on Christmas. Uh, and You're so not? I'm, I'm not. I'm sorry to say oh, that I'm man. not. But it's so it's a weird time. I'm just trying to get I'm trying to get my house in order a little bit, and I mean that literally and figuratively. And I'm trying to organize my office some. But then also organize my thoughts for the next year. You know, this is the time where we get to look back at the successes of 2013 and look forward to the exciting things in 2014. So I would encourage you to do that same thing uh, if you're listening and uh, and look forward to the things that God is going to do in your 200 church in 2014. I have always taken the week between Christmas and New Year's and just really try to focus on family because that's what that's what all of our people are doing. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're just spending their time with their family. They're doing stuff with family that they don't see all year often. Right. And they're not really thinking about going to the church and doing things at church. So it's just a quiet time. And it's really just a time to, to just uh, chill, veg a little bit, enjoy uh, enjoy the downtime. And for some churches, I think you ramp up for a lot of Christmas services. Sure. So right after that, then that would still be still be a little bit of a downtime. But sure. in smaller churches, you can do that. You, you rock your just... Christmas Eve candlelight service yep. and then uh, take a breather. Don't you dare go to the church on Sunday or on uh, on Christmas. Don't you dare do it. Your but, husband and wife and kids, they deserve better than that. Don't are, are we having a Christmas Day service? <laughs> oh my word. Oh, only when only when it falls on a Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, here's our conversation. By the way, we don't do interviews. We don't do interviews on the 200 Churches podcast. We do conversations. We have conversations yeah. because we want to talk with people. We want them to talk to us. We're not just asking them questions for you to hear the answers. So you get to listen in 
on a conversation. And here's the one that we had with Dave Jackson from schoolofpodcasting.com. Dave, tell us tell us about School of Podcasting and what you do and a little bit about your history. Sure. Uh, the nutshell is, I always say, it's you know everything you need in one place to, to start a podcast. I started it back in 2005. Wow. I had a friend of mine. Yeah, I had a friend of mine that came back from an internet marketing thing and said, hey, and this tells you how long ago it was. I said, you, you, I had missed the MySpace, the MySpace boat. And he said, you know how you, you missed MySpace? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, don't rub it in. And he goes, okay, here's the word of the day. It's going to be huge. And I'm like, what is it? And he goes, podcasting. And I'm like, what's, what's a podcast? And I literally Googled it. And there was like a page, maybe a page and a half of stuff. And when Crazy. I finally, yeah, so when I finally figured out how to make one and, you know, get the audio to go up and then come back down, I was like, oh, this is this is going to be huge. I have always kind of just played with technology and building websites and things like that. And so I thought, well, I've never had a membership site. So this if supply and demand is still, you know, mm-hmm. in effect, this should work. So I started the school of podcasting. And as I just went along and, you know, more tools came available and strategies and what people were doing, I just would add it to the school of podcasting. And about about a year and a half ago, I went through and because for a while, the, the running joke was the school of podcasting has, you know, a ton of inv- information. That was the good news. Mm-hmm. The bad news was the school of podcasting has a ton of information. <laughs> so I kind of had to uh, go back and thin the herd and kind of come up with, okay, here's what I feel is the the best strategy to start a podcast. Yeah. So you basically have, uh, yeah, I have step-by-step tutorials for the, the people that want to do kind of their own pace. They can go through that. I also offer a, a six weeks class where we meet every Saturday online to, if you want more of a live feel to it and to be able to ask questions and things like that. If you do the self-paced stuff, I'll answer your questions via email. And then of course, there's always that, uh, if you're in a really big hurry, you can hire me one-on-one and we'll just get together some evening and we'll mm-hmm. go through all the the bells and whistles of podcasting. Well, so what, I like, uh, what I like about what you're doing is, you know, some, a lot of these guys, they put how much they make and, and, and what they're doing, and some of these guys have just rocketed. And it's, it's very similar to the local church in that you've got, a, you've got a guy who started since the time I came here to my current church 10 years ago. There's a guy who started seven years ago, and he's like at twelve or 13,000 people in his church, right? And it's just wow. insane. And then, mm-hmm. then you've got a guy like Pat Flynn. Yeah, he's doing a podcast, but he's doing a lot of other stuff too. And he's making, you know, all kinds of money every single month. And you look at that and you think, you know, wow, you know, how did he do that? How did he land into that slipstream of, of opportunity and income? And then, you know, I see a guy like you who just has passion for podcasting, you know, and passion to share with other people how to do what you love to do. And you're making some money at it, but you're not buying new homes and buying new yachts and <laughs> buying new cars with the money you're making. But I, it seems like you're having the time of your life. And I do. It's, it's the fun. best of both worlds because I, I, I love the, the stuff I'm doing during the day and, and the fact that I get to meet great people like you and everybody else online. And I've, you know, last night I was talking to a guy in Australia, so it's a, a global thing which is kind of wild that uh, he sounds like he's right next door and it's, he's, you know, on the other side of the planet. So that's the beauty of podcasting. Part of it is I just, there's almost, you know, no place on the planet that I can't talk to somebody and connect with them. So, you know, I remember one time when one of our interns was on a missions trip, he was in Singapore and he called me on Skype and there was literally no delay. And I Mm -hmm. don't know how in the world it happened, but it was in Singapore and the other side of the world, and there was just literally no delay. We were interrupting each other as we were talking. Uh, so, you know, what we can do with technology is amazing. And, 
And you, how is it that a guy who runs a school of podcasting is listening to a podcast about encouragement that's for encouragement to pastors of small churches? What's the connection there? The the connection is I actually, uh, I've born and raised in a, a Baptist church here in, in Ohio. And uh, for a while, I was actually on the path to be a pastor. The uh, The church I grew up in, uh, actually, it's a really long story. I'll try to shorten this down. I grew up in a big church of about 300 plus mm-hmm. that actually split in a not amicable way. And about uh, 40 of us, you know, started going on. And uh, so that was great. I got to see like a church grow and we really, really grew. And they asked me one time to, uh, hey, can you do a, a sermon on Mother's Day on uh, what your mother meant to you? And I'm like, so you you just want me to stand up and cry, basically, because my, <laughs> my mother my mother died when I was in my 20s. And oh. uh, so I, I did one sermon because they're like, you know, you do that school thing. You talk in front of people all the time. And so I did. And, and that basically just led to, OK, every time he goes on vacation, you're filling in. And then the the pastor came to me and said, "Look, I I just feel led. I got to tell you, you you have a gift at this. You should pursue this. And I'm just putting that on your plate. I I think God wants me to tell you to you you need to do something with this. You're really good at it. Hmm. But the the problem I ran into was going from somebody where my congregation had watched me grow up. And so I had talked to actually a, a couple other people who are now pastoring churches that they grew up in, and every single one of them had to leave and then come back." It was just a case. It was just it, I, I could just see where it was going to end badly. Um, they wanted me to um, basically bring in younger people to the church, doing the same things that they've been doing for eighteen years that hadn't brought in any younger people. Oh, I wonder if anybody can identify with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they bring in maybe. the new pastor, but they don't want that pastor to change anything change that they've anything. been doing. Yeah. yeah. So, so I just went. You know, I, I, I'm like, I love you. I still go back every now and then because those, those people are my family. But I'm like, it wasn't feeding me spiritually. Um, and I, I couldn't find a way to make a difference. And that's where I went, okay, God, you know, I, I feel the need to spread the gospel. And I thought I was going to spread it there, but that's not working out good. And uh, I just went, okay. And I went to a, a Casting Crown show. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lead singer just said, look, if you got a gift, if you, you know, just, you know, just talk to God and he's going to open a door. And I went, OK, well, I am Mr. School of Podcasting. And so I just started. I'm like, all right, I'll just start. If I have a sermon on my heart, I'm just throwing it on the Internet. And I, I did. And it was amazing because this little church on a good Sunday will have maybe 70 people. And so now I'm doing these sermons and I go over and look and I'm getting, you know, 150 downloads an episode. And I'm like, okay, that's like twice the size of yeah. the people that I was preaching to. And I went, okay, God. But at this point, I am uh, just basically talking to people like you and trying to connect any dots of, of people that want to, how do I get the word out? I'm, I'm interested. Now, you talked about growing up in this church that you were involved in. Uh, and I don't know if you if that's the only church you went to from the that time. That was it. You're, okay, so what what are what were the best things that came out of your experience in that small church? Yeah, I remember my favorite one of my favorite services ever. And it's always weird when you break when you have to break the mold. Um, and we had somehow misplaced the offering plates. You know, they're always supposed to be in the bottom drawer on the right-hand side. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and we looked there and we're like, well, we don't know where they're at. And we, you know, we're tearing apart the church. It's 1030. Service has to start. And we literally passed a hat. And it was Scandalous. awesome. 
Oh, because I was remember thinking at the other church, if you opened up a candy wrapper, it was like, oh, but here we passed a hat and we all laughed and joked. We actually laughed in church hmm. and it was so cool. And um, so it's kind of fun when you when you have those, you know, thinking outside the uh, the norm. My, the, the church I now attend, we had a, a scenario where the power went out and the, what do you call it? The emergency lights came on. The pastor was about halfway through his sermon and somebody literally brought out a bullhorn because it's a big auditorium that, mm-hmm. that we're in. And not everybody could hear it, you know, if you're way in the back. Yeah. Uh, but everybody is still talking about the bullhorn service. We had the butterfly service. Easter Sunday, April, Cleveland, Ohio, not the warmest place in the world. Uh, we had sent away for butterflies. We had this makeshift tomb. And when the stone was rolled away, the butterflies, right on cue, by the way, very beautiful, flew out of the tomb. Mm-hmm. And they went right to the windows because they were bright, where they hit the cold windows and died. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so it was this massive butterfly genocide in the middle of the Easter service. Oh, it was, my. It was uh, one to remember. Children were screaming. Parents, <laughs> were, mothers were fainting. <laughs> so so let me ask you, from a, from a lay person's perspective, okay, so now you attend church. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been involved in a small church. My, oh, my, look who just walked in the door. There he is. He the is man, the here. myth, the legend. So this is a Skype call. It is a Skype call. You have a podcast voice, Dave Jackson. He does. Thank you, kind sir. That's you should, hear, you should hear me in the morning. I sound really cool. We don't <laughs> do actually, podcasts in the morning, no, Dave. We're a no. little too tired, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, if you got a, whatever it is, a seven-month-old and a three-year-old. Yeah, yep, a seven-month-old yeah. and, and a three-year-old. Yeah, so you're always tired. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still Excellent. young, so it's good. So we got Johnny Craig in the studio. Yeah. He finally showed up. Johnny, did you get your boys to sleep? <laughs> my boys are asleep. And my wife is home. Oh, so, my. And yeah, she let you go. Year. She did. She came in and she said, wow, you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on now. I know what I'm doing with kids. Was she Give talking about boys or was she talking about the ministry? Well, yeah, maybe both. <laughs> So, Johnny, Dave's not a small church pastor, but he attended a small church for years and years. How many attenders at your current church, Dave? Oh, it's a mega church. I went from one extreme to the other. Like thousands and thousands? Yeah, like two services, uh, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. And okay. the auditorium holds about 4,000. Oh, this... And it's about half full on each one. Oh, this this call is over. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's weird because I, I can give you both perspectives because the, the one thing that I love about that church is it's it's doing what church is, is supposed to be doing. They are going. Their, their motto is go, grow, give. So that's the good news. I love the service. What do I really miss? I don't know a single person. I've tried, and they just did a whole thing on connect groups. They have all these connect groups, and this is the worst thing ever you can do. And so this applies to a small church. If you're going to run a program, if you're going to do anything where you solicit feedback from people, have a plan in place to do something with the feedback because it's one thing to go, wow, I'm not connecting with anybody. And it's completely worse to reach out to people and then have them drop the ball. Yeah. So I, we, we signed up for two uh, groups. Uh, one was kind of a, hey, marriage kind of uh, get together and let's talk marriage from a Christian standpoint. And the other one w- meets every month. It's kind of a business networking thing. And that was back in September. And I haven't heard a peep from the we meet every month people. 
and the marriage people kind of went, oh, we ran out of books and blah, blah. And it's just a big mess. And I was like, oh, that's just horrible. I mean, I, I'm on one hand, I'm being patient. I'm like, okay, well, keep me in the loop and it'll be great. But I, when you try to reach out and then it fails, you're like, okay, now what do I do? Yeah, I, that has huge implications for a small church because, I mean, if anything, at a small church, you would think stuff shouldn't fall through the cracks like that. I mean, maybe right. at a mega church, you're like, well, 4,000 people to juggle. But at a smaller church, yeah, when we drop the ball on things, I mean, when we let some things fall through the cracks, it makes a bigger, it's a little more egg on our face, I feel like. Right. Um, and, and that's happened to me. Um, I'm here at our church already a few times. Um, and yeah, I can tell you people aren't generally happy <laughs> about that. And they have an outlet to let you know that they're not happy. They'll just come right into your office. So Absolutely. That's, yes. Yeah, that's a good word. So I, I kind of have the the best of both worlds. I, I, I go to the, quote, mega church on Saturday nights, and then I go to the little baby church, my little, you know, my family, basically, my family church on Sunday morning. So I kind of get, I'm, I'm getting my my relationship kind of fix on from my small family church. I'm getting my spiritual fix from, in this case, the, the mega church. I was going to say you're getting your show fix, but that sounds a lot better, what you said. Yeah, it's it, it, they just for whatever reason they're just uh they're talking my language. So you still attend both churches. Yeah, I, I don't I don't go to the little one as much as I used to. Uh but you know, I attend uh I don't know, once or twice a month and then I uh I hit the the big mega church about the same. So it, it kind of depends on schedules and things like that. I actually play in a uh a band, so if I'm, you know, playing someplace, I can't go to church on Saturday night. So that's where I'll go to the little baby church on Sunday morning, you know. So depending on what the schedule is, but uh, yeah, so I, I still go to to both. That's it. That's that's really interesting. Um, I, we don't really have any mega churches um, in our town. Uh, there's bigger churches than ours, but I mean, most of the churches probably that probably averages out to about I don't know 150, 200 people. So mm-hmm. I don't know that we have too many people who are doing that, but I'd be interested to see if there are more people like you who do that because, you know, you recognize the perk of that small church. Like you said, that's the family church. These people, they're your family, you know? You see right. them and they see you and you all know each other and it's and it's really a, an awesome thing. So I guess that makes me ask the question, is there anything that the 200 church that uh, you're talking about could do to pull you in full time, to steal you away from uh, your mega your mega churches. Yeah, give me something to do. The, Ouch. The, the, oh. the little, well, the little church I go to, and here's the problem, is, and this is understandable. They're they're hurting, you know, and they and and when I say and I'm I'm serious when I say this, the average, the average age there is probably seventy. I have I love George and Mary. They come every week. They're 92. The problem is they are losing people to this lovely thing called natural causes. And so the church is shrinking naturally. Sure. But the problem is so is the offering and the electricity's not going down. And so it's a they are financially starting to panic. And it's it was one of the things that was frustrating me was everything we did was about raising money. And yeah. I was like, there's a little thing called Matthew 6 where God basically says, seek ye first the kingdom and I got your back. And I was like, this isn't, you know, this isn't go out and you make disciples when we're selling more cookies. 
You know, unless we got really hungry people that love cookies, it was all about <laughs> getting people to into the building. We wanted to get people into the building. And I'm like, I don't I don't see that in Matthew. It says go, you know, go out to your neighborhoods and find out what's what do they need and go out and, and help the people that need clothing and help the hungry and things. Go help them. And who doesn't want to go help people? Don't you feel better when you help somebody? Yeah, you're, you're preaching now, man. How that's uh, it. <laughs> does this does this church employ a full time pastor? It's a kind of. He's um, what he does at this point is all he does is a. It sounds weird, but he just does a sermon, right? So like we have somebody else that basically goes out and and does like the hospital visit people in the hospital kind of thing. Um, I think he does. I can't remember if he does Tuesday night Bible study or not, but he's not. Like all of the typical duties of a pastor, he's primarily there for the sermon. Okay, I'm. And I'm what, just curious. I have. I'm so curious about this church now. I don't. I feel like I'm hijacking the podcast. But I wonder. I've seen some smaller churches in the the vein that you're describing, older, smaller. You know, dying a little bit. And what they've done is used their building. That's the only asset that a lot of these churches have. Is mm-hmm. they've used their building and said, "Hey." We'll let a megachurch use us as a satellite. We'll share it. That allows us to stay alive because, you know, this church will come in and, and pay a lot of the bills. Is that something that you think that that church has explored? Um, it's actually, it's, it's history was uh, the church I grew up in annexed that little church. They said, hey, come use us for a satellite. And eventually we just took it over. That's, that's a good thing. The, the, the problem is, and again, I'm going to get on my soapbox here, but it's something you might want to think about. With an older congregation, I think it's natural that you you just become a bit fearful of things because you know you're afraid to fall down in Cleveland in the winter because it's you're going to break a hip, and that's not a joke. That's the facts and things like that. And so everything that I brought up, it just seemed like it was fear based. We used to have people that we have a big, huge back lot, and we used to let soccer kids come and use that just to, hey, look at us. We're helping you out. We're, you know, free soccer field and something to do with the insurance. We're afraid people are going to get hurt. And it was, you know, well, we, that's going to be, somebody might get hurt. And you so start that was to the, protect the investment as opposed yeah. to doing the ministry. Right. Yeah. And, and I think the one that I finally went, I need to move on is I said, look, we just need to find people who are awake. Let's start there. Who's awake on Sunday? <laughs> and And we have... We have a Walmart, literally three blocks from the church. And I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have somebody go down with my little flip camera. I'm going to have a big sign that says free hugs. And I'm going to have a brochure, no hard sell that just says, by the way, here's a map to the church. Go down there, turn right. We're the third building on the right-hand side. And the idea was to film it. And if something cool happens, we'll throw it on YouTube and just stand there with a sign that says free hugs. When somebody comes up and says, hey, I'll take a free hug. And you give them a very, you know, politically correct free hug. And uh, when they go, when they go, okay, what's the catch? You go, oh, if you want one of these, we give them out every Sunday. They're right down there, Community <laughs> Baptist Church. And, uh, you know, thank you so much. Here's a map. And uh, if you have any questions, you know, uh, church starts in about an hour. So uh, we'll see you there. And that was it. No, no hard sale. No, brother, are you saved? Just, hey, let's let's shake your hand. And, and we're a little crazy because we do stuff like free hugs. And when I threw that idea out. Uh, the the people that, you know, basically okayed ideas said, yeah, you might get sued. And I said, okay, so let's go with that. 
let's say I, somebody says I, I touch them inappropriately <laughs> and they throw me in jail. I said, let's just go with that. You call every single TV show, radio station, and you tell them that people down the street are crazy. They're giving out free hugs. I said, I'll take the publicity. I'll take the rap, you know, and they just, the fear just overtook them that something might go wrong. We're filming it. We've got proof that I was okay. They just couldn't do it. Wow. So I think fear has a lot to do with, in some cases, and, and I understand it because we live in a society that's so happy. But again, I could have sworn it says there in Matthew that God has our back. And that doesn't mean jump off of a building and let God catch you. Let's let's not throw out common sense. Yeah, free hugs don't seem to be something that people should get too litigious about. But right, yeah, that's yeah, that's very interesting. The t- fear gripped small churches. I smell an upcoming blog mm-hmm. post and podcast just on that topic alone. Dave, do you have time <laughs> for one more question? Uh dude, I've got. I'll talk here all day. <laughs> you love this stuff, right? I do. Hey, how do you think pastors of small churches should think about technology in their church? Should even think about like social media? I mean, you're involved in a very large church, you're involved in a very small church. You know, sometimes our church is so small we think, well, we really can't do social media or, you know, we we're really we can't do technology well, so we shouldn't do technology. Uh what what are your what are your thoughts on that? I go to Matthew 28, uh, 19, therefore go. We'll just stop right there. Go and make disciples. He didn't say come. He said go. And so I'll, I'll give you an example. It's weird. It doesn't make any sense to me. When I was a high school kid, we would descend upon the McDonald's at the end of the football game. Whether we won or lost, McDonald's was just a swarm of teenagers. Uh, fast forward 20 years, my stepdaughter, 17, at the end of the football game, she's there in the band, right? All of her friends with her, mm-hmm. football game's over. They go home and get on Facebook to network. And I'm like, you you were just literally within inches of these people. But that's <laughs> where they do it. So if I'm going to, you know, go to the crowd, you know, Jesus walked between cities. He went. So, but he had to go to where the people were. So if the people are on social networking, uh, why not go there as well? It is tough because there's so many places to go. There's Facebook and there's Twitter and Pinterest and oh my goodness. And it does make sense to kind of sit back a second because the last thing you want to do is go, hey, you know, like us on Facebook. And then you go there and they're like, well, there's, there's nothing here. What am I supposed to get out of this? So try to come up with something of value maybe to to have there so people can whether it's you know the verse of the day or a fun story or an update on hey here's you know we we gave away a bulletproof vest to the local police guys here's how we're helping our community you know something to get people uh that's, to cheer about that's maybe. some cleveland stuff dave that that's is some, some cleveland, cleveland stuff, stuff. <laughs> well, that's that, what we did our police officers do not have bulletproof vests i promise hey, you hey you know in our town, the pastors have to wear a bulletproof vest. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, yeah, it is, it is kind of bewildering, but, you know, it is something that you should probably think about. So when and you're saying go, you're saying, you're saying that they're on the say, Internet. They're on the Internet, and that's where we should go. We should have a presence online where the people are. Well, and I just think the idea of, of church itself is, is changing. I went to the movies this weekend. And right before I'm sitting there, they're like, hi, I'm whatever, Pastor Joe from the something, something, something. And we meet here every Sunday in this theater. If you're interested, 
uh, come and visit us. And I'm, I want to go see it because I'm like, now, when they say in the theater, like, are there people there or are they live streaming something? But it was like it wasn't a case of, you know, come to the building down the street with the big steeple. It was like, hey, you're in here. You you obviously know where the theater is. Come back on Sunday. We'll so, be here. so this was on this was an audio announcement or this was on the screen. Now, this is like, hey, in a world, right, came on. And then uh, in between trailers or they have, you know, they have all this stuff now where you watch what's coming up on TV and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And right before let's all go to the lobby, here comes Joe. And, hey, I'm Pastor Joe. I wish I could remember the name of it, River Connect Church or something like that. Well, that's right. Uh, That sounds good. That is not River Connect Church. (laughs) It it might be. uh, Something Connect Church. You know, we meet here every Sunday, and I, I, actually, the commercial was one of the Cleveland Indians was uh, the guy, and I know Pastor Joe. Oh wow! So of course, I want to go because I might meet a Cleveland Indian, and uh, blah blah blah. And we meet here every Sunday at this at this theater, and I was like, really? I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. So I do want to definitely do that just to say what the heck's going on here, and then report back. Dave, tell uh, tell Johnny how long you've been podcasting since 2005. Wow. Tell him what you think. Now, you've been doing podcasting for eight years, nine years. You've been teaching it, coaching podcasters. Tell him what you think of our podcast. Okay. I I do a podcast called the Podcast Review Show, and I listen to a lot of horrible podcasts, (laughs) right? Um, The the makeshift is kind of two guys, one brain, right? And uh, we're just going to talk about anything, right? Right. The reason I listen to your podcast is it's good, it's it it touches me. You want your podcast, you want your sermon, whatever it is, you want people to you want to move them in mm-hmm. some way. And I always yeah. tell people to re- reverse engineer your your sermon, reverse engineer your podcast. And if you think about what you watch, what you listen to, what you read, it's probably going to make you laugh, cry. For me, I love to think. It might make you groan. Uh, it might educate you, right? But it's going to move you in some way. If you'd give me a sermon on the history of the seven churches in Revelation, I go home and go, well, I got a history lesson, but uh, don't know how I'm going to really apply that in my everyday life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But if you give me something to move me and I go, oh, I never thought of that. And that's how Jesus handled that. I'm going to try to do that. So I walk away from your podcast going, wow, that was really cool. That was, I didn't know that. Or, hey, you know, there are other people just like me in the same boat. I'm not alone. I feel like, you know, okay, great. I'm I'm not the only one out here drowning in, in a sea of I can't get them to do this, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the cool part of it. But you're also giving me ideas and, and thoughts. And I'm hearing that Joe Schmo did this or, or you know, I got to go buy that guy's book because that might give me some more insight. So I rarely walk away from your podcast going, well, that's 45 minutes I can't get back in my life. So it's, <laughs> it's good. good stuff. So And good. it sounds good. I know you guys worry about your sound and stuff, but, uh, you know, and, and it's kind of weird because I feel kind of like I know you guys because I listen to you and, uh, you know, I know about your kids and, and what you yeah. guys do. And uh, it's uh, – That's creepy, it's, Dave. Come on. That's creepy. No, I like that. I like that. <laughs> so I like it that. Is, it is kind of cool. So – uh, it's always fun. My, my favorite thing is I had a, a listener of mine come up to me once and said, wow, you sounded shorter. And I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to figure out, I'm trying to figure out how you sound short, but, uh, That's, yeah, so yeah. It's, it is, it's good stuff, you know, and I, I've listened to other podcasts that are kind of ministry based and, you know, it's, um, you just avoid all the common mistakes. We'll put it that way. Well, that's, that's, that's really awesome to hear. 
Um, so keep it up, basically. Don't don't quit. Well, Dave, any uh, any parting shots for us? Uh, please keep up the podcast. I, I love it. It's uh, I have a uh, on my phone. I use the podcasts app, which is automatically subscribes me to stuff. And I have a channel called Top Shelf, meaning as soon as these downloads, these are the ones that I'm going to listen to first. And 200 Churches is in my official Top Shelf channel. So I like that. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Ah. There that's, you go. That, I love this. Is this is like endorsement time? I like that. It is. It's, I'm telling you, it's good stuff. Perfect. And if you're if you're listening right now and you want to help these guys without costing you a dime, tell somebody about the podcast. And and if they go, what's a podcast? Send them over to School of Podcasting. I'll answer that question. Uh, and if here's something else that again doesn't cost you a dime, go over to iTunes, uh, click on podcast, do a search for 200 churches. It'll come right up and write a review. What that does is iTunes basically ranks the podcast, kind of like the Rolling Stone chart or whatever, or the, the TV ratings and things like that. It helps people. It makes this podcast get more listeners. Now, the more listeners we have, the more feedback we're going to get from people like you that say, hey, I'm trying this at my church and it's really working. And the more ideas we get, the more we all can help each other out. We're all on the same team. Everybody that's listening to this right now is on the same team. We're all on Absolutely. the Jesus team. And brothers and sisters, we got to unite together behind <laughs> Jeffrey and get together. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. And uh, But it, let's just start now with an iTunes review and get those numbers up, and that'll help, and uh, we'll just all use this as a flagship. You heard it from Dave Jackson, the podcast <laughs> expert himself. Dave, it's been really great to have you on the 200 Churches podcast, and we hope to talk to you again real soon. Uh, thanks for having me. And that was just a part of our conversation with Dave Jackson. We had a long and wide-ranging summit <laughs> meeting that night with Dave Jackson. It really was. It went everywhere, and it went places I never imagined it would go. I think Dave Dave was made for the microphone. Yes. You said he had a podcast voice. He has the voice, yes. man. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, a couple things that he said. He talked about the connect groups, and he said that the, the big church that he was going to was talking all about connect group, connect group, connect group. Then he signed up for them, and he didn't hear anything. And then he got lame excuses, and he never got followed through on, and he never connected with the connect groups. Yeah. And we were saying that in a small church, you're going to get fried yeah. if you don't. Yeah, in a small church, I mean, what is our excuse? I mean, if we're not following through with people, they're looking around thinking, there ain't a thousand people here. Um, why can't they follow through with me? Why can't they keep up with me? And uh, I think I joked that I'll have people come to my office if I don't follow through. I mean, they'll be knocking on my door asking what's going on. People do not hesitate to text me, to email me. And so, you know, it's important, I think, for all churches, obviously, to follow through. But I mean, especially at a small church, uh, you have such a opportunity. We have talked about this so many times, but you have such an opportunity to know your people personally, to make a connection relationally with your people. And I think that following through with them tells them, hey, you're important to me, you're important to God, and you're important to this church. I just had a conversation with a, with a guy who has been on our podcast who will remain unnamed. But he said to me, what he was struck by was how authentic and transparent. Ooh, transparent. How transparent we sometimes are. So in the spirit of transparency, 
I got called out because I, I forgot somebody. I didn't follow through on something. Jeffrey. Just in the past week, I got a phone call, and I got called out. And you know what? It was, it was a word well spoken to me. It's a reminder to me that I can have all kinds of reasons why I didn't follow through with somebody, but there, there really are no excuses on the other end because you've got a person who needs to be followed through with. You've got people that are expecting you to make a connection, to have a conversation. So let me challenge you. Is there somebody that you need to follow through on today? Is there somebody you need to follow through on this week? I'm getting my phone Uh, out to send a text. (laughs) It's there. You know, there there, there probably is. Who is that person that you've been wanting to visit? Who is that person you've just been wanting to catch up with? Uh, You know, just do it because, again, in a small church... You know, we really can hurt people if we don't follow through, and we heard it from the large church, and so we're the adapters, right? We're going to adapt that lesson and say, here in the small church, we've got to make sure that, that we follow through as well. And I think that really goes into the second thing that we want to pull out of uh, our conversation with Dave, and that is the fact that he is going to a small church because of the relational connections. So he talked about he goes to a small church. And he goes to a mega church. He'll go to the mega church on Saturday night. He'll go to the small church on Sunday morning. Yeah. He loves the programs and the music and the preaching at the large church. And what does he love about the small church? Personal connection, community. That's the draw. That's what keeps him coming. When we see people, we need to really invest ourselves in those people. Have your conversations be real conversations. And don't think that you need to do all the connecting. Be a connector as a pastor. I went to a church, and there was a guy. He was in charge of the greeting ministry. It was a smaller church, but they had a really great greeting ministry. And he did not feel awkward at all to grab you and grab somebody else and say, Hi, this is Jeff. Jeff, this is Johnny. I think you two should talk for a little while. Mm -hmm. He would do that all the time. And I think as pastors, hey, we know the people in our church. Let's connect them with each other and create those personal relationships. Absolutely, Johnny, because when we do that, we allow allow other people in our church to do the job that we may feel like we should be doing right now. We should be talking to this person. We should be connecting, but maybe we're not the best person to connect or to talk, and so we just need to connect them with somebody else in the church. I've done that before, and when it's worked really well, it's fun to just kind of back away, easy, easy, just walk away, and they just keep on talking, and they forget that you even introduce them to each other. Another thing that he was talking about today was uh, helpful and interesting content. You know, he was talking in the context of our podcast, but we can translate that, too, into the context of uh, whether whether it's our bulletin communication, whether it's our announcements on a Sunday morning, whether it's our Bible study uh, material, or whether it's our message on a Sunday morning, uh, that it has to be helpful, it's got to be interesting, and it's got to be something that our people can take and walk away and say, hey, this really this really can make a difference in my life. I think that's exactly right, and I, again, think that as a small church pastor, you have the opportunity and the benefit of getting to say potentially more interesting things from the pulpit. Because if somebody misunderstands you in a small church, you have the opportunity to have a conversation. Uh, you, you can create a Q&A time after the service and not have a thousand people line up to ask you questions. 
uh, you can go to all the individual small groups and, and talk to them uh, individually about any questions that they might have. And so, you know, I think as small church pastors, we are cutting ourselves off at the knees by trying to tread lightly through the tulips uh, with people. We, we can preach interesting and challenging messages in small churches that will really move people forward in their walk with God. And that would be a challenge that I would lay on myself and that I would lay on you. Yeah, so those are our three lessons. we got to follow through. We want to make sure that we keep the community in our church at a really high level, and we just have to constantly work on our communication because just when we think, as they say, that we've got it down and everybody understands what we're trying to say, they really don't. We're just beginning to communicate. So thank you, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com for helping us out today, for talking to us, for giving us some encouragement on our podcast. To hear a guy like Dave Jackson, who is the podcast coach, say, you guys have a good podcast, that's kind of encouraging. Yeah, it feels good. Absolutely. So, Dave Jackson, thank you. If you want to start a podcast, if you have no idea how to do that, if you're interested in in having 2014 be the year that you start your own podcast, go to schoolofpodcasting.com. Dave Jackson would be happy to coach you. Thank you for listening today to the 200 Churches Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Feel free to give the guys feedback or ask questions at 200churches.com. And remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 church matters big in the kingdom of God.